Welcome to Between the Headphones, a Georgia football podcast. I'm Stuart Steele, the sports editor at The Red and Black, and your host for this podcast series. Each week, The Red and Black Football Beat will look back on the previous week's game and preview the matchup for next week. In this episode, assistant sports editor John James and I discuss Georgia's 16-6 win over Kentucky and preview the Georgia-Georgia Tech game. Welcome to the show, John. Thanks for having me, Stu. So the Kentucky game ended up being a lot closer than many expected, including I'm pretty sure both of us thought it was going to be a more comfortable win for Georgia than it ended up being. I guess I wanted to ask what your overall takeaways are from this game and whether you take any major concerns away. I don't have any major concerns from this game at all. Um, The major takeaway I had was that Georgia can win in several different ways, but we already kind of knew that from this season. We've had games where the passing offense wasn't doing, wasn't putting up its share of the load, and the running offense kind of had to carry Georgia's offense, and that was this game too, and it went fine for Georgia because the defense is really, really good on this team, and I think that's going to be the recipe sometimes is you just need to run the ball and play good defense, and that's what happened in this game. Yeah, I mean, whenever I talk about Kentucky, like at Kentucky especially, but also just generally Georgia-Kentucky matchups, I often like kind of joke that it's always like an 18 to 6 kind of grinded out game for Georgia where they have to play strong defense and, you know, just be a little more talented. And I think the Vanderbilt result from the week before kind of made me think this would be a different year, but Kentucky's still a really well coached team. I think Mark Stoops does a good job. And Will Levis looked solid in this game, made some good throws to keep him in it. But Georgia, you know, it was never really in doubt. Uh, there there was a time there in the fourth quarter where it looked like it might have become a situation where it was in doubt, but, you know, Georgia Georgia kept it pretty comfortable at the end. Stetson Bennett kind of struggled in this game, but also Georgia clearly made a point to run the ball. That seemed to be the plan coming into the game. Um, did you have any issues with how Stetson Bennett played, and do you think those will carry over? Stetson made a couple decisions that I didn't love in this game, but I didn't think it was something to be overall super worried about. Stetson's had games where he was super good this season, and he's had games where he wasn't the best, and Georgia's played really well in all of those games because of the defense. I think the defense's performance in all of these games are the reason that Georgia fans should feel really good about their, their status going into bowl games, going into CFP territory because of that strong, strong defense. Yeah, I think it was a Stetson we've seen before multiple times where he does have some of those decisions where you just kind of wonder what he was thinking, what he saw. On the interception, he said he just didn't see that safety moving over there. But honestly, even if he didn't see that guy, I don't know what the throw was. And it just hung up there. It was a bad decision, which happens occasionally. But there were a couple other ones. A third down pass to Dominic Blaylock that ended up being a 35-yard gain like very nearly could have turned into a disaster. It looked really close to being an interception to me, and that would have just changed the whole complexion of the game. Um, Obviously, it worked out, but it felt like Georgia got away with a couple, specifically on kind of Bennett pass attempts. So like you said, I wouldn't say I'm that concerned about it, but I do think Stetson Bennett always has the potential to have that game where he throws a couple interceptions, and if it comes at a bad time, it can just sink your season by the nature of turnovers. But I think the bigger long-term concern from this game is one we've already had for basically the whole season with the red zone offense. It kind of reared its head again. It was the same problem in the Missouri game, and I think that's something to be concerned about. Do you think that's 
something we should be worried about going into the CFP for Georgia? I don't think it's something to be concerned about at all. I mean, when you struggle in football games, there are going to be these things that pop up consistently. There's going to be turnovers. There's going to be red zone efficiency. Sometimes there's going to be offensive line problems. But Georgia's only had those problems in two games this year. It's really been Missouri, and it's been Kentucky. You can say Sanford maybe. You can say Kent State maybe. But Georgia has recovered consistently, and they've put up offensive masterpieces at times this season, which were much more encouraging than these these tinier sample sizes were discouraging. I think Georgia's going to be fine overall because they've shown that they can, they can play really well, and most of the teams they're going to face from here on out aren't the best on defense. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Yeah, I mean, right now the playoff teams don't look to be any of the top defensive units besides Georgia pretty much but um I think the weather was a big factor in this game from the start it was very clear that it was affecting both teams I mean it turned it into this weird short first half where both teams had three possessions and neither really got much going um and there was the the Levis interception in there um but the first half was almost like a mulligan pretty much I mean neither team really seized control of the game and then the second half, Georgia was able to get some stuff going early and then kind of just tried to see out the win to an extent, I think. But um, the most encouraging thing for Georgia's offense in this game was the performance of Kenny McIntosh, I would say. And I, I wanted to ask what you saw out of him. I've seen what I've seen out of Kenny all year. Kenny is a really good player. He's got explosiveness. He's got the ability to make people miss. He's a weapon in the passing game. He's a weapon running from behind center. He is a really good football player, and I think he's one of Georgia's best players on offense, and he doesn't get talked about like he really is. Yeah, I think that's true, and Kenny had one of his best games of his career, first 100-yard rushing game for Kenny McIntosh, and just like you said, he's been really consistent for Georgia this season, and early on we had a little bit of concern, I think, with his running between the tackles, because a lot of his production was coming through those passes into the flat and stuff like that, but he's shown he's able to do both, and I think he's clearly the lead back for Georgia. Another player I thought looked good, and I don't know if the stats really represent it, but Kendall Milton, I thought, really looked like a good runner against Kentucky, which was nice um, to see because, you know, he's kind of been dealing with injuries. Um, obviously, he didn't get a lion's share of the, the carries, but he was running physically and with some confidence that I think it was good to see. Yeah, it was good to see. Uh, I think K- Kendall kind of got a, a rough side of the bargain there because when he was injured, Dejon Edwards really stepped up and he played really well. And I think Dejon is going to continue to get a lot of touches because of the production that he had while Kendall was injured. But it was encouraging to see Kendall step in and kind of seamlessly transition back into the offense. Yeah, and the the touchdown possession for Georgia I thought was really interesting because they got all three of those backs in on that possession for multiple touches and. It was seven runs, one pass, and the pass was a little swing pass to to Edwards, which basically is just an extension of the running game. So I thought that was a a nice drive, and the offensive line did a really good job there. That's the kind of drive we talk about um, them needing to be able to put together in a scenario where they're trying to put a game away, you know, in the fourth quarter where you can just trust your linemen and your running backs to get those first downs, and they showed it there. It wasn't for like putting the game away, but it was the lone touchdown of the game and proved to be very important. I think the most interesting thing about Georgia's running back core is that there's not really any one guy who's suited to one role. I think that if you put any of the running backs in at a given time, it could be a pass play, it could be a run play. Kenny, McIn- Kenny McIntosh is kind of the best receiver out of that group, 
but it's not like if you see him in the game, you're like, oh, this is a pass play. Kenny's a really effective threat in the run game, just like Dejan can be a really effective threat in the pass game, just like Kendall can be an effective threat in the runner pass game. I think Branton Robinson might be the kind of power back on the team. He's not the best at receiving at this point in his career, but the thing about the running back core that I really love for this team is just its versatility. Yeah, and then so the weird thing about the running game was they did struggle in some short yardage scenarios on Saturday, and I thought that just was odd because they were running so effectively a lot of the other times, but Stetson got stuffed on a third and one on a QB sneak. The goal line sequence where the third and goal and fourth and goal at the one both didn't work out, got a lot of questions after the game uh, directed towards Kirby on the decision-making, and I thought his response was unsurprising that it's like, you know, showing confidence in your players, you know, you need to score touchdowns to win football games, that kind of stuff. Um, but I just, I guess I wanted to ask about those short yardage plays. Do you think that's just how the matchup played out or what did you see on those? On those, I'm not, so on the goal line plays specifically, I'm not too concerned about that. If you, the best case scenario is you score. The worst case scenario is you fail and you make Will Levis go 99 yards. And I don't want to sound overly critical, but if you're telling me that Will Levis goes 99 yards on the Georgia defense, I would say that's probably unlikely. He did, but it's a bet that I'm willing to take almost every time. Yeah, and then so I do want to touch on the defense a little bit. It was overall another strong performance. They really bottled up Chris Rodriguez effectively, which I think put them in the driver's seat for the whole game. And the run defense in general, I think, is probably the biggest strength of Georgia maybe the most consistent group on the team. Um, but there were some concerns with big plays given up. Um, uh, Christopher Smith got beat deep on a double play. It was almost all Barry on Brown. I mean, he was just awesome for Kentucky. Um, he was running great routes, making great catches, and just was a problem all game long. Kamari Lassiter got targeted at times, I felt. Um, there were some screens they tried to go at him on, and he was very physical and did a good job, but he did get beat down the sideline a couple times, had a pass interference. I guess just what are your concerns with that? Kirby didn't seem too concerned with the big plays when he was asked about it. It kind of just seemed like a product of the game plan almost and that, you know, he said in the SEC people make one-on-one plays sometimes. Uh, what are your thoughts? The most concerning part from this game, honestly, was that Will Levis got sacked much less than I expected him to. When you go for big plays, you're kind of leaving your quarterback kind of vulnerable to the pass rush and George's pass rush didn't just didn't get his home as much as I thought they would um the other parts of the defense I was much less concerned about Kentucky started the game running to the outside a whole lot the CBS commentators made a big deal about how Kentucky was terrified of George's interior so they were running to the outside they were throwing to the outside they would not go anywhere near Jalen Carter and I think that was probably for the best Kentucky kind of moved the ball well in the first half I thought but I'm not overly concerned about anything. It's just kind of with the way Georgia plays defense, you're going to either beat them or you're going to fail miserably when you go for deep shots. And Kentucky beat them in this game. But I don't think that's something you can necessarily project well going forward. Yeah, and the last thing I want to touch on with the Kentucky game is just I think Jack Podlesny deserves a shout-out for making his field goals because it's not easy to kick field goals in that kind of condition. And Kentucky's kicker missed an easy kick. Well, it probably wasn't an easy kick given the conditions, but I think Jack Podlesny deserves some love just for being a really solid kicker. Georgia has generally had solid kickers since Rodrigo Blankenship, Blair Walsh for a long time. Georgia's kicking game has been pretty good. 
but it's just, you know, it's always good to have a kicker you can rely on in conditions like that. The Podfather has been excellent all season, and with the way some of these games ended this weekend, TCU coming down to the wire, Michigan coming down to the wire, these guys trotting out kickers for a last-second field goal to win the game, I think Georgia should be super glad that they have someone they can count on, they can rely on to succeed in any kind of weather, any kind of situation. All right, so moving on to this week's matchup of Georgia Tech. Uh, Georgia's looking to finish the regular season undefeated for the second straight year for the first time in program history. Do you see any realistic path to Georgia Tech playing any kind of spoiler role this week in Athens? I'd give this game... Georgia Tech has a 2% chance of winning this game, in my opinion. It might even be lower than that. I have no faith in their offense whatsoever. I have a modicum of faith in their defense, but I think Georgia's offense is easily superior to Georgia, or to Georgia Tech's defense, and I think there's not even a, a comparison on the other side of the ball. Yeah, I mean, Georgia Tech is a program in flux at the moment, obviously coming off a very nice win over North Carolina at home for Georgia Tech, but uh, they fired their coach Jeff Collins earlier this season and brought in Brent Key as their interim head coach, and they're 4-3 and three since he took over. Um, but yeah, I don't think Georgia Tech is going to really make this a game. They're on the road in Athens with senior day stuff going on. And I think Georgia's going to be pretty focused and wanting to put on a good performance and, you know, finish out the season strong, at least the regular season. I want to talk a little more about key for a minute and just the Georgia Tech coaching situation in general. Do you think that the win over North Carolina will have any real sway with his ability to potentially keep the job on a permanent basis? Honestly, I think it probably should. I mean, that's that's Georgia Tech's biggest win, and I can't remember how long. And the other coaches that we're thinking of aren't exactly feasible in my mind. Like, you you can say that maybe... Like, the biggest name I've heard is Deion Sanders, and there's a bunch of people saying that. I don't think Deion Sanders is leaving for Georgia Tech. He could have gone to Georgia Tech when he was starting out if he wanted to. He didn't, apparently. Uh, I've heard Del McGee floated, Georgia's running backs coach, and I think he'd be a good hire. I just don't know if Georgia Tech is looking in that direction. But they've got a guy on their team right now who's proven he can win with this roster, who's proven he has some kind of direction, he can get some kind of motivation, production out of his players. I think they've got the guy on the team if they want to put their horses behind him. Yeah, I think it's a tough question to answer from the outside because I definitely think he should be in the running. He should be in consideration for the job. He's done a solid job as an interim guy, but I couldn't fault Georgia Tech for wanting to go in a different direction. I don't even think getting one of those like name brand or like splashy hires, I agree, is probably unrealistic. But if they identify a guy they like who's available, even if it's from a smaller school or whatever, and he doesn't have a huge track record, um, I think they should go for whoever they think is best. I don't think that North Carolina win was like a program definer or anything or like one you can like hang your hat on in, in any real way, like in a long term sense. Obviously, it's a nice win. And it, it's true that it's nice that he can win with this roster that Jeff Collins obviously didn't do much with in his time with Tech. But there's just so much more that goes into being a college football head coach as well. Like, we have no idea about his ability to recruit, his ability to do any of that kind of stuff that's off the field as well. So I 
I just, you know, who knows, really, is kind of my opinion on that. I agree, but I think when you're talking about a program that is in flux, that is dealing with so much chaos, I think getting a big win that you were really not expected to even be in that game is really big for, for Brent Key. And I think given that we don't know who the other candidates might be, I think Georgia Tech should be hesitant to overlook someone who might be an easy answer right away. Yeah, I think it would have helped if that was their last game of the regular season, though, because now they have to go take on Georgia. And I know, I don't know how much the athletic director or their department is going to use this game as anything, because it is a pretty unfair matchup talent-wise between the two teams, at least it appears to be. So, I mean, if they were somehow to put up a fight in this game or, you know, even just at halftime be in this game, I think that would go a long way because... Any ability to compete with Georgia should be seen as a big positive because they really haven't since Kirby's been here. Um, I don't expect that to happen, though. Um, so I think he's going to be hurt, though, if they get like blown out in this game because it's just going to feel like the same kind of season, even though it could have ended on a high note with that North Carolina win. They're not going to be bowl eligible again. And, you know, it's just going to feel kind of same old, same old. I want to also look at this game from a Georgia perspective, obviously. We're a Georgia football podcast, after all. So what are you looking to see out of Georgia this week? Obviously, I mean, we're not expecting this to be a close game. Who knows? Like last week, we didn't think it was going to be close. But what's the number one thing you hope to see from the Bulldogs on Saturday? We talked a lot about Stetson on the first half of the podcast. Uh, he didn't have the best game against Kentucky. And we talked about him having kind of an up-and-down season at points. And I really just want to see him have a great game for Georgia just to build that momentum because I think he needs that momentum going into the college football playoff and the bowl games because otherwise, if this offense struggles, there's going to be a lot of good offenses in those bowl games and the college football playoff who might do some damage to this Georgia defense that we really haven't seen even challenged at this at points in the season. Yeah, I think what I think I agree that offense is the bigger concern right now. Not that it's a huge concern either, in my opinion, but I think you want to see Georgia come out and have like a really strong offensive performance and basically just the opposite of the Kentucky game in a lot of ways, besides the rushing game. But short yardage shouldn't be a problem against Georgia Tech. Red zone offense should be better against Georgia Tech. The weather is going to be better. I mean, you want to see Georgia be able to be a balanced attack, be able to score a lot of points. And just ideally for Georgia, this game shouldn't be close. Like, this shouldn't be in doubt. This should be the kind of game where you can see some of the younger guys get a little run and just build momentum going into the, the SEC title game. But we'll see if they're able to pull that off. Georgia, Georgia has faced a couple of opponents this season, like Kentucky, like Georgia Tech where the defense is kind of clearly better than the offense, so you don't have any concerns about Georgia's defense faring up in the game, and you have some sort of unsureness as to how Georgia's offense will play. But I think if Georgia's offense comes out against Georgia Tech, they just kind of boat race them. Kenny McIntosh is going off. Stetson Bennett is connect connecting with Ladd, with Marcus Rosemey-Jack Saint, with Brock Bowers. I think that would be really encouraging to see. Yeah, I think it just sets up well for Georgia to have this opponent right now on a senior day at home. It's a good, generally it's been kind of a good like tune-up game for them before these kinds of um, bigger games coming up because it is the last game of the season generally. But um, like you said, it looks like it sets up really well for Georgia's defense. Um, 
and Georgia Tech is down to their third quarterback at this point. And I actually wanted to ask you for your thoughts on, on the quarterback position for Tech. So Jeff Sims and Zach Pyron both went down with injuries. They're out for the year, which means Georgia Tech is spending time between Zach Gibson and Tyson Fumicon, whose name is really hard to spell. Um, and they kind of alternated between both quarterbacks. Tyson is more of a running guy. Gibson's more of a passer. And both of them did a little bit of damage versus North Carolina. And I think that's the biggest part, is that they know how to use them both in different situations. So it's not going to be the easiest matchup Georgia's face this season. But it's certainly not anything to be worried about from Georgia's perspective. I mean, I think Georgia will be able to confuse these quarterbacks who don't have a lot of experience. They usually feast on those kinds of guys. Um, Kirby's good at cooking up you know, looks that make it hard on them. And the talent difference is just pretty wide at this point. I mean, Tech has solid players. They, they're able to recruit decently in general, but Georgia obviously is a different level of program at this point. So I think Georgia's defense will be able to really control this game and put its offense in good positions to, to excel like they have in some other games this year. Tyson is a Clemson transfer. So the talent is there, but it's just, I just think it's not quite there to the point that it's going to be a problem for Georgia in this game. So to wrap up the Georgia-Georgia Tech preview, what do you see the score being in this game? And who's maybe an offensive player who's going to have a good performance for Georgia? I think Georgia's offense is going to get back on track in a major way in this game. I think it's going to be 42-3 to in favor of the Bulldogs. And I think Arian Smith has a big game. I think he makes a couple of deep catches, gets around 80, maybe 100 yards in this one, and a touchdown. Yeah, I have a similar kind of score. I really think Georgia's defense is going to lock up the Georgia Tech offense for the most part. Um, And I think, like you said, the offense will pretty much roll as well. I have Georgia 49, Georgia Tech 0. And on the defense, I think they're due for a game where they force a couple turnovers and a guy that we, we've we seen as a very pivotal piece of their defense, Malachi Starks, has had a couple interceptions get overturned on reviews. I think he gets at least one interception this week, maybe two, and you know really shows out against Georgia Tech. That sounds about right to me. All right. Thanks for coming on the show, John. Happy to be here, Stu. Thanks for listening to Between the Headphones. I'm Stuart Steele. You can find other episodes wherever you get your podcasts and on redandblack.com. For even more Georgia football coverage, visit redandblack.com slash gameday. We'll tee it up between the headphones again next week.